This is the business of life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson. Oh, that just never gets old. That song, I'm telling you, of that's course, a hit. <laughs> that's a hit. <laughs> Who wrote it? I don't know. Somebody really talented. Could it be you? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've said his name before, but his name is Russell Broom. Because, you know, we've been going through these shows, and I've never really said. That's Russell Broom, my uh, friend in Calgary, and we've written a lot of songs together over the years. And, and I think he banged that off in like, oh, I don't know, half an hour, I'm sure. The guy's crazy talented. Anyway, let's get right down to it. Arlene, go. What are we talking about today? Well, you know what? You have been... You know, every time bugging we, you, bugging me, like wearing me down because you want to talk about politics, and I've been kind of hesitant mm. about it because it's like a hot topic. I mean, when I tweet about politics or I talk to anybody about politics, like my my social feeds just light up. It's like I've you know you would have thought I'd said something like incredibly mean spirited. I'm usually just saying my opinion, and I Why try to say it respectfully because uh, people. Because it's so personal, right? We all have our own views and values and opinions, and politics becomes very personal depending on where you're at in your life and what you expect from your politicians. I just I want to set this up. I want to give you a context of why you and I have started talking about this a lot, and we kind of set it aside because I don't think we want to have people mad at us or whatever the case may be. But here's I'm just going to set up why this is important to me. I am told on almost a daily basis by somebody in social media, man or woman, there's there's no, I'm, I'm, I'm not making any discrepancies there, there's equal me, male, female, that say to me, if I say anything the least bit political, they'll say, basically shut up and sing. And, uh, or they'll say, you have no business in politics. Uh, mind your own business and leave it to the professionals. Uh, you know, stay out of this and leave it to the big boys. And I, A, it's so offensive. You know, we're living in a beautifully crafted democratic society. It's the only system on the planet that will ever truly work. When it's done well, it it's a beautiful thing. But why shouldn't I, never mind as an artist, as a creative person, as a musician, writer, whatever it is that I am, why why can't I have an opinion and have it be a valid opinion. Does not democracy tell us that we all have equal say, Arlene? Or am I, am I being really hypersensitive about this? No, of course you do. I mean, that is the entire point of it. I think the challenge is, is that we have these keyboard warrior, you know, like these keyboard warriors who will say anything they want because they're behind a computer. I mean, we've spoken about that before. I think when it comes to politics in particular, there is a lack of critical thinking going on. So people, you know, they read a story, they read the next story, their friend says something, they react to everything. We all kind of, we only know what we know. And so people get, um, and they, you know, like, frankly, Jan, it, it's ridiculous. Let's start, let me, let me answer your question more effectively. Okay. You have every right to your opinion. That is exactly what democracy is about. You have every right to care about who your politicians are and to think about what the country is going to be and to care about, you know, uh, civil discourse in a way that allows a conversation to be had that is not mean-spirited or not derogatory, but in fact is just voicing a view. And the problem is, is that people aren't doing it that way. They're being mean. They're being, they're being, um, 
crazily uh, fanatical, but, you know, far right, far left. But telling left. someone to shut up is so it's wrong. insane. It's wrong. I, I don't even understand the motivation for it. But saying um, that, do you tell you know, have you? Would you like to tell Donald Trump to shut up? I would, because the guy's an idiot. Sorry, I, you know, I say idiot. Like, let me. I, I just did exactly what I just said we shouldn't do, and that's a problem, I know, right? But that's okay. It's just an opinion. My gosh, there's been much bigger. He's been called worse than that, Arlene. Let but, me tell you what. But you know what? He's not an idiot. He's actually probably quite intelligent in many ways, or he wouldn't be where he is. He, he got compared to a five or six year old today on some op ed uh, in a paper. I don't know if it was the Tribune in Chicago. So it was. I, I'm don't. But anyway, I. Well, I think he emotionally. Like, I think he's a narcissist, and and so again, here we are. We're labeling. We're saying, you know, all these things. But at some point, you have to be. But you're entitled to an opinion. I, and I am. To be told to not have one is is offensive on on every front. Yes, but just opinions, as an example, opinions don't change countries. People change them with, you know, getting involved uh, in politics and getting involved in what you want to see in your democracy and actually participating in it versus just getting complaining about it. Right. Exactly. You you look at the climate. I mean, this is a perfect example. I don't know how many years ago it was when when George Bush Jr. was in uh, was was the president of the United States, and everyone will remember the story. And it was the Dixie Chicks. And basically, what had happened is, you know, the, their lead singer Natalie Maines came forward one day and. And it was to do with the Iraq war. And she came forward and said something, and I'm paraphrasing here. I'm embarrassed that, you know, the president of the United States comes from Texas. It was something like that. Well, all hell broke loose. So imagine that was the climate where people burnt their records. They, they really disappeared off the scene for seven or eight or nine years. Imagine that seemingly benign comment causing that. And comparatively to what is going on now, it it it's so. And this was an artist. Shut up and sing. I mean, they made a, a, a they made a big. That, that was their mission statement. They really, they actually monetized that that whole shut up and sing thing. They made a whole record about not backing down and not going away and exercising their right to have a voice in the political um, arena. So I'm just. I mean. Wow. Yeah, I think it is. I think you have hit on something that's quite interesting um, and quite unique. I mean, artists like yourself being told to shut up and sing, um, basketball players being told to shut up and dribble. Yes. Um, you know, uh, football players being told to, you know, stand, stand. when they stand <laughs> and, and do what they need to do. I, so is it is it that we... We expect you in the arts and sports and the creative arenas to entertain and to do what you're paid to do. And God forbid you actually have an opinion on the world you live in. And how ridiculous is that? I mean, what makes your opinion any more or less worthy than mine or anyone else's? Can I talk to you about the Kevin O'Leary thing? Oh, my gosh, no. No, (laughs) but I just – it's such a great – it's just a great example of what this is. I mean, here you are, and you worked with Kevin for many years, you know, on Dragon's Den. And when Kevin threw his hat in the ring, into the political ring, you were very vocal about it. And I just want to hear your take and kind of what the what the fallout was from that, because you were adamantly opposed to that. You know, I happening. feel I feel like that. I believe was a good example of. Um, me voicing an opinion without trying to be anything other than 
clear-minded and um, direct about why I had the opinion. I didn't need, and I, and I, my intention was never to belittle him or to, you know, say horrible things about him personally. It was all about his perspective on on politics and business. And, and it was. And and so I think to it, while that was. Uh, you know, actually, that how that came about, Jan, is I got asked to do an interview about it. I went in, they asked me what I thought, and I literally just said what I was thinking about it. And I, I came from a perspective of, As you is should. this a person I want to run our country? And the answer for me, personally, was no. And and I, I felt I had legitimate reasons on my side of the fence as to why that is. And, of course, there were people that supported him and had their views on what that should be. And I think that is our responsibility. I, I think we, we... That's your right as a citizen right. and as a voter. But, but you, I, I think you had a lot to do, Arlene, with that not happening. I mean, it, it, I, I, was, I was taken aback to see the, not the fallout, but actually the, the repercussions. You know, have you ever seen the wave go around a stadium at, a, at a, like a football event? I feel like you started the wave with that. And I was cheering like madly in my heart because I don't know if I would have been brave enough to say something like that. I had a similar thing in Alberta with, with Jason Kenney. You know, I, I came out very verbal, verbally and I probably said it in the wrong way because I used a profanity and da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, I just don't like the man's politics and don't like how he treats the LGBTQ community and this, the stuff that he proposes. So I, I literally had to hire... Um, extra security at book signings that I did earlier this year because of comments that I made about him. And I have every right to, but people just felt like, nope, she doesn't have a right. How dare she How dare she have any opinion and not support him? Well, no, I, I, I don't have to support anybody I don't want to support, period, full stop. Yeah, that's and, my right. It is. And I think the, 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 the politicians are humans. And politics is a value set and a way of, of of having people understand kind of how countries need to be governed and and kind of values and views and right and left wing, as I said. And I think at the end of the day, what we have to do is get away from personalizing in terms of attacking right. an individual and find a way to talk about the values that we are disputing and don't agree with. And the and the policy and I I've always said and I will say forever that I support any party that has good policy that helps um, underprivileged people who are left behind people who are vulnerable. At the same time, I also support great policy that helps our economy, that helps mm-hmm. make the world a better place relative to building business, and is is about our environment. And I think if you can say these are the things I care about, and I'm going to support politicians no matter what party they come from that have policy that um, helps people, helps business and economies grow and helps our environment stay strong and untouched, uh, sign me up. I don't care what party they come from. Um, can I vote for you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been asked to run. No, well, you know what? You just you hit on something big for me before we go to a break. Um, is that I should have said what I said in a much more dignified way, Arlene. And I do apologize, actually, to Jason, to Mr. Kenny for that tweet because I I sent it before I thought about it and it's it's I was set out of sort of anger and frustration so thank you for that reminder and it's a big wake up call to me and as I go forward I'm going to try and be much more diplomatic 
and fair about my comments and like you said not personalize them so thanks for that so we're back and we are still talking about politics because it's such a big topic and i mean i think this is the conversation that's happening at dinner tables and water coolers and everywhere around the world today politics are really taking front and center stage on in what the bedroom. we right in, in the bedroom i mean there's people there's families that are no longer speaking to each other because they are so opposite ends of the spectrum relative to what they want from their countries from their politicians from their leaders and you know at the at the core of that is this to me, if you want to look for good, if there's any good that's come out of this, and, and heaven knows it's almost impossible to find it, the the good is when you look at things like, you know, people like David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez, I think is her last name. I'll check that. I think it's Gonzalez. Um, the, the, the youth that came out of Parkland School who have started the anti-gun, uh, you know, the whole movement against the NRA. To me, having youth so engaged out of something so horrific as that shooting at the school but that they got involved and they wanted to make a difference at least at least we're getting people who care now you know and and I, 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 listen it should never take a shooting it's just like a horrible thought mm-hmm. but i'm trying to find what's the good in this because maybe the good is at the end of the day that people are caring more of course well and yet they had all these people grown men and women telling them on social media, on big news outlets, that they had no business in politics. Oh, horrible. That they needed to leave that to the politicians. Yeah, it really really was appalling. That was the Um, whole, you know, older white male power trip. I'm sorry, guys. Like, and I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. Like, who do you think you are, you young people? Those are the voters of tomorrow. Exactly. Those are the people that will absolutely make a difference when they turn 18 years old and they're able to cast their ballot for something new for something exciting for you know positivity and inclusion and all those things i it it really was great to watch that and i and like you said to come out of an appalling grotesque tragedy that just says it all, and it says how important being involved in politics is. It's Politics is a dirty word, it seems, Arlene. Well, I think, would you ever run for politics? Would you ever put your, you know, yourself know. out there and have people you know, doing what they're doing to politicians right now, and especially female politicians, but I guess all politicians, at the end of the day, everyone's being kind of held to some impossible standard. Mm-hmm. Everyone's being uh, trashed in some of the things that are being you said You must have been approached done. about going into politics. I have been you approached. Yeah, I have been. And? You know, I, I struggle because I want to do so much in my business life still. I have so many things I want to accomplish that I feel very strongly about because I believe they're helping our country um, in a different way relative to helping entrepreneurs. That's really what I focus on is helping But I think that is your politics. I mean, my Maybe, politics yeah. is my music. Have you been asked That's to run? That's my politics. Would you, uh, would I, I mean, lightheartedly, people are always saying, you know, you should be prime minister. Never in a million years. A, you know, I, I don't speak French. I have no yeah. law background. I'm actually kind of overseeing people that are very underqualified running for political life that really have no sense of how cities are built or urban planning or, you know, you've got you, you've got people that are in positions where they're dealing with these huge issues that they're literally not... 
they're they're not prepared for or trained in. So yeah, it's yeah, it's, it, it's, it's tough though, right? Because you can. You can say, you know, I don't want to run because I have other things. I don't want to run because I don't have the experience. No, I, but I like, well, no, I know you're not saying that. I'm saying like for me, for me to say, well, I've got other things I want to do. What could be more important than doing something for your country? And, you know, like economically and well, but I'm saying you do a lot. I know, but I like it's a no. I do believe it is a very um it, it's something that we we need people who are going to stand up and do the right thing. But what is the right thing? Nobody can agree on it anymore. Everybody's got different views um, in a conflicting way, not in a come together way. I mean, we just had our conservative party split up, you know, know. like and and we've had people yelling at you know the liberals because they're not negotiating NAFTA correctly. Well. Like what the heck? Like, do you what, not what do think we want? Spillover from a climate that the Trump administration has absolutely created this last two years. I mean, we're hearing a language, we're hearing dialogue that was unthinkable three years ago. You know, when when the campaign started, you know, and, and Canadians somehow thought they were exempt, and yet we see what's happening in Ontario. We see uh, a premier. You know, his policies start with a a buck a beer. I don't even want to say his name, but you know, it, it the spillover is so obvious. Yeah. And for us to be kind of just going, "Oh no, no, that's we're we're still so Canadian." Well, we're we're losing that. I don't want to we lose are that. Absolutely I really don't that. want to lose that. I I think our cultural fabric is so critical in our and who we are as a country and we have done some We've got a lot to atone for in terms of some of the the things we've done in the past with our First Nations and our no. Indigenous people, and and you know we we are not a perfect nation, but I can't that's never imagine been properly. That's a no, whole other, it has that's not. A whole that other is a whole other show. Topic. But I, I I feel like we have got to stand tall right now and hold on to what we have, and if we don't get the trade that you know that Trump wants or America wants from us then we don't get it and we find another way and that's what pioneers did and that's what strong people do and they don't just bow down because of economics like money is not listen capitalism is actually the issue not democracy i'm a capitalist but i think that's actually causing this this big gulf between the haves and the haves not have nots is causing Mm -hmm. a lot of the issues in this world today and the fact that people aren't listening to each other, I mean, it really comes down to something very basic. You know, my, my grandmother always said, if you want to win an argument, she said, listen. It's true. And that always stuck with me. And so maybe we are, well, I don't think there's ever been a time in really our history as a country where the everyday person, you and me and people that, you know, work for the city, or work or teachers or doctors or students need to be political need to you know I, I love the all these marches these women's marches the marches for equality the the gay pride parade that just happened in Calgary I mean there's prides all across the country but it's so great to see people coming together and and showing their showing their true colors and and raising their voices so I have to agree with you there and people need to come together and vote at the end of the day our voter turnout is still not 
very good. And so that's the problem. We all complain about it. We all say we don't like the leader, whether it's the conservative government or the liberal government or the NDP or the Green Party, whoever it is, whoever's in power, we, we, we don't like them. And yet we don't vote. And then we feel like we have the right to bitch about them, but yet you didn't get out and vote. So, you know, like, they're your leader. You voted for them, no matter whether you like them or not, they're your leader. <laughs> and I think we need to break on that because I'm getting very upset right now thinking about yes, that. Yes, we're going to break, so go vote. I don't think I can talk about politics anymore, so let's talk about something else because I'm getting too upset. Um, oh, let's move on. Not Moving upset. On. I just don't, you know, like, it's Let's just, talk about, let's but, talk about food. No, no I'm going to, I want to talk about something. So I, we often, you know, when we chat, I tell you about some of the things I've done on social media and you do the same. I had a tweet that I sent out the other day, a couple days ago. And that tweet was about a thought that I had. I was talking, thinking about my father and, and I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Okay. I said this, my dad used to tell me that I would be a lot less worried about what others thought of me if I knew just how little they did. Everyone is too busy thinking about their own lives to think long about yours. Live your best life, not caring as much what others think of it. Be you. Okay, so that was me just saying, you know, why do we get so wrapped up in what other people think of us, right? And that's what I want to talk about. Now, Jan, that got 15,000 mm-hmm. likes. That's the most likes I've ever got on Twitter. <sighs> and it went, I got 3,700 retweets at the time. And I thought, what was it about that? What resonated? And then I realized that what it was, was giving permission to just be themselves and not worry so much what other people thought of them. What do you, is that, why do we think so much about what everybody else thinks? <laughs> My friend Wendy used to say, I don't care what I think. Why would I care what you think? (laughs) (laughs) Which always, I mean, it was funny, but it's like the the importance people put on opinions of, you know, their own opinions for one thing. And we're living in a social media world where people are painting pictures on Instagram that look like these perfect lives. They're on yachts. They're running down beaches. They got martinis. They're going to polo matches. Their stomachs are flat. You know, they're in picnics. I don't know. We're seeing lives that don't even exist. And we're judging people on these little snippets of what they show us. I mean, it's unprecedented how that's happening. I personally don't even really do Facebook anymore because of the unbelievable amount of judgment that comes at you from complete strangers. So I kind of, I've taken a step back from that stuff. I I love Twitter and I love Twitter just for the reason that you said. I read that tweet and I was blown away by it because it resonated for me on so many levels. And especially the businesses that we're in. You're a public person. I'm a public person. We have people... Um, judging us from head to toe, what we wear, what we say, our makeup, our hair, what nail polish we're wearing, our shoes. I mean, you know that's true, Arlene. It is. I, I just, I feel like where the, the word regret to me comes to mind because it, when you get so wrapped up in what other people think of you, you end up doing what you think they need and expect from you. And in doing that, you aren't living your life, you're living a life that is false. And I think that happens to a lot of people. I think we end up in this place where we feel um, others are judging us. This is where these horrible, you know, like, honestly, it's a it's a problem. Like, you know, there, there was that nine-year-old little boy that committed suicide 
um, just a few weeks ago because he was he was come he was proud that he was gay. He went to school and declared he was gay. And nine years old, Jan, and people bullied the hell out of him until and told him he should kill himself. So he went home and did. And this is this this you know because. He, he couldn't fathom that people couldn't accept him the way they he is, and and that and and I just can't even get my head wrapped around it. But that's the extreme side of caring so much what other people think about you that you can't be yourself, and that's what the world has evolved into. Everyone's judging. Everybody is telling you that you're not. You know, if you're not normal, whatever the hell normal is, then we you know, judge in others what we hate about ourselves. It's so true. We judge in others what we do not understand. We judge in others what we fear. So, having said that, tolerance, understanding—you know that, you know the whole hashtag about love is love and appreciating each other and celebrating the differences. If anything, I don't think, you know. That's a whole other yeah. It's hour another topic, con- of, but, but but it's a big one. We're, we're never going to be fair with each other because we're not fair with ourselves. So, like so many things in life, all these issues start with a conversation that you have to have with you, whether it's three o'clock in the morning when you're lying in a dim bedroom, going, "I need to." It's never too late to change how you perceive others, and it's never too late to redeem yourself. And you know, to talk to that neighbor that you've been, you know, having trouble with for the last fifteen years over the, where the frickin' grass begins and ends, and who cuts what. I mean, people live in these these worlds that create of animosity and frustration and anger and intolerance and hatred, and it's over something so simple as that. As neighbors that live next door to each other and don't talk. Because of a of an invisible yard line. I mean, I was reading about this a couple of weeks ago, and I was dumbfounded that, you know, here they are living, and, and no one's going to move. God forbid, because they're not going to give up. They're not going to lose the fight. And I'm like, well, you're wasting your life. And I see it all the time. I see people wasting their lives and their precious time, being opposed to something they don't. They've even forgotten what they're opposed to. So, I mean, you tell me. Yeah, I, I mean, I at, at the end of the day, we the the point. My think the lesson my dad was trying to teach me was that at the moment when somebody judges you, it feels horrific. It feels unbearable. It feels like you 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 know everyone must feel that way, and everybody must think that about me. But the fact of the matter is, is those bullies, those people that are horrible, those people that will judge you that way and make you feel like you're less than because they don't believe that you are doing what you should be doing, they think about you for a millisecond, and then they go off on their life and they judge somebody else, and they they go and be mean to somebody else, and you know you're you're a second thought, a third thought, a, a tenth thought, and yet they that little bit of hatred, that little bit of Judgment, that little bit of that seed they plant in our minds mm-hmm. fosters and grows, and we 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 turn it into you know like a big thing, and so we we care so much what other people think about us, but the reality is they don't they think for a second and then they go on with their lives, and yet that seed of hate that they plant and and horribleness stays with us for for a long time, and it's hard to overcome that you got to be yourself you got to be you got to be. You know, it's you got to grow a thicker skin. You got I don't know how to solve that because it's it's well, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's funny people always admire qualities in other people too, as much as they 
sort of criticize them and 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 seem to loathe you know when you get these rude comments i i think there's a lot of envy and jealousy too as i've gotten older arlene i'm like damn the torpedoes like this stuff bounces off of me it really does there's very few comments that infiltrate my thick skin and um, for the most part, I just try and really put positivity out there. I try and you do a great job of optimism, that, and but I, I mean, that's just what I try and do with my life. I try and mentor younger women and and, and men. Um, I try and I, I try and just be a person that cheers other people on. And there's a really amazing thing that happens when you're altruistic. It is infectious. It makes it very hard for people to come back when you don't push them. They can't. They have nothing to push against. So, honest to God, optimism is my, my – that's my superhero tool. It's not invisibility cloak. It's not uh, that I can fly. It really is optimism, and I see what it does with people. Jan, you sent me an email. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass you right now, but you sent me a text the other day, right? Oh, boy. And I'm going to – I you, – you actually stopped me. I don't even know that I responded well to it because I, I, I'd have been having a – I'd been ranting about something to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're shocked, um, but you you said something to me. I'm just gonna. I'm actually just looking at my phone as I'm talking to you um, to see if I can find it. I'll tell you what the gist of it was, and I, I'll find it as we we talk. Okay. But at the end of the day, you basically said that I, you loved me and that you didn't tell me often enough how much I meant to you. Oh. And and that moment of time that it took you to. T- text that to me to say that I matter to you and that you cared about me and that you made a, that I made a difference in your life, that is also a seed. That is also a seed that can be planted to make you feel good instead of bad. So I think maybe we can go to break and ask people to plant some good <laughs> seeds and not some not some nice No, I, positivity is, is miraculous. It is something that I see unfold in front of me all the time. Yeah. I just... I think, and I've said this before, just because he or she succeeds does not mean that you fail. Right. And and I say that all the time because I think that's this kind of competitive world we're living in yeah. is that people seem all to succeed. think, gosh, if somebody gets ahead, then there's no room for me. Oh, that's another and, topic. And, but I have to go to the bathroom right now. I have to go pee. Oh, my gosh. Me too. I'll, I'll go and, and I'll find a snack. I can't say pee. I have to go to the bathroom, so can we take a break? The washroom. I have to go to the washroom. Can we take a the break? The ladies' room is really what to, you should be calling it. I have to it. go to the ladies' room. Can we please take a break? Okay, you go to the ladies' room. I'm just going to be here doing push-ups. Okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> Hey Jen, let's talk about something like a little, little lighter, maybe, but maybe something completely different. Do you know what? And and I don't mind even going here because you and I had dinner about four months ago. We probably try and get together like two or three times a year for dinner, wouldn't you say that? Yep. Wouldn't you say on the? Okay, so the last time Arlene and I had dinner, I was like, "So, do you know a good plastic surgeon?" And you're like, "Oh gosh, I do. Actually, his name's yada yada yada." And you're like, "What are you thinking of doing?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm thinking of getting my breasts reduced and a tummy tuck because I've lost quite a bit of weight the last couple of years." So here's what happened. Do you want the update, Arlene, or is this too much? No, I I want the update. Okay. So I tracked down uh, a plastic surgeon. I did contact your guy, but he was in Ontario, and I cost, you know, that's like not that convenient for me. So I got a guy in Calgary. I went to the appointment. This is like 
three and a half months ago, took my clothes off, put the paper gown on. The doctor like grabbed my stomach, drew on me with a marker. Um, I am standing, looking in the mirror going, oh my Lord and Taylor, I look like some kind of, remember that operation game? Yeah. Where the, okay, I was looking at it, I'm like, he was like, I think he'd written like words on me and there was arrows pointed at my nipples and I'm like, this is, this seems like a lot. This seems like there's a lot going on. But as I stood there, I'm like, and this was happening all at the same time. I'm looking in this mirror that was not the greatest mirror, ladies, let me tell you. This mirror would not be at Nordstrom's because it did not make you look great. But as I'm standing there, I'm going, I'm okay. So that was my first kind of flash. I'm okay. And But anyway, made the appointment, put down my deposit. I was going to get this thing done in, I believe it was May, the middle of May. And anyway, one th- long story short. I ended up canceling the night before because I thought, I know, I I ended up canceling There was a lot of lead up. I went and got compression stockings. I had done all this due diligence because you have to do quite a bit to get a breast augmentation and to get a tummy tuck. And I'm just like, you were getting an augmentation. You were getting a reduction. (laughs) You don't well, need an augmentation. I, well, when, when, is augmenting mean bigger? I think so. I don't like, know. Well, I don't let, know. Let, just write, send your letters to Arlene if I've used the <laughs> word augmentation wrong. Is this light enough for you, everybody? Woo! <laughs> um, so anyway, long story short. I'm sorry. I'm still, see, I'm, no, but I'm still seeing you standing there with like magic markers oh, all over you. That's honest cool. to God. Talk about cheating on a test. I, I, the, <laughs> note to self, you, there's a lot of body parts you can write on. Anyway, I, the night before, I phoned my family doctor. Kind of, and I wasn't in a panic. I was just like, you know what, not doing it. I ended up losing about six thousand dollars because in the surgical suite, uh, that kind of cancellation, you don't get the money back, and that made me want to be sick because it's a lot of money. People might think it's not a lot of money to me. I'm not Celine Dion. It was a lot of money to me. But having said that, it was a huge lesson. It was why my six thousand dollars lesson. Why did you do? Why did you because cancel? Because I thought, A, I'm putting my health at risk. You know that I've had, like, heart issues over the years. And nothing big. I don't have heart disease, but I've had the odd wacky heart thing. But I, further to that, I just lied there and I thought, Jan, Arden, Richards, you are okay. And you look good. You look fine. And I just owned it. I'm like, I don't mind having a bathing suit on. Like, what what is my end game here? What what exactly do I want to accomplish and it's I just I canceled it and I think it's such a great decision I'm not saying that to any women that want to go out there and do whatever you want to do go do it that's the plan that I had I'm thinking this is what's going to make me feel better and as I'm lying there I'm going it's not it's not going to make me feel better it's going to bring me anxiety and it's just going to make me I just I just listened to my inner voice, Arlene. I don't know what else to tell you. I just went, you're okay. And I'm not saying that I might not consider it again down the line because I really would like to get smaller breasts. Am I saying that right for the radio, everybody? <laughs> um, it's a breast reduction. They're all probably <laughs> shaking in the console room I would going, can you shut her up? We got. <laughs> let's go to break. I've heard, we can't swear, but we can talk about big boobs and small Bre- boobs. Okay, yeah. anyway, that's my story. And so... Say whatever you want to me now. Okay. Go ahead. All right. No, first of all, I think that 
it took a lot of courage to cancel、um, because it was a lot of money to give up. On the other side, it took、um, maybe you were a little bit afraid and you didn't. I was. Yeah. And so then some of your courage kind of went away. But、mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you did what you believed you should do. And how many times do we tell people trust your instincts, trust, listen to your gut? In your case, your gut had magic marker <laughs> all over it. <laughs> And it was talking to you.、Oh、it was telling、Lord. you a story. It was saying, "Don't cut me up." <laughs> But I, I, I respect that. I think it, I think it's brave of you. Like you always astound me. The things you'll say on radio that some people might be listening to.、Um, well, it seemed like a good idea, and then as the time wore on, you know, it's so funny that the, the day that I went in to get magic markered up, sharpied up. I mean, the the doctor, the plastic surgeon said we can get you in on Wednesday. That was like four <laughs>、yeah. days away. Can、no. you fathom? No. And maybe and that's best. Get、heavens. it done fast. Get it. Oh done my、fast. word! And maybe it would have happened, but you know, I had eight weeks of lead up, and Did, I have you ever had Botox? Yo, I get Botox twice a year. Do you? Easy.、Okay. Oh, absolutely. I've been I've been doing Botox for fifteen years. These are the comments that I get. I only get it on my forehead. You know, I'm a singer. I want my eyebrows to move for crying out loud. I want to, you know, I want to have some expression. So I, I actually posted these bruises that I'd had for the first time when I got Botox, and I went, "Oh, my Botox got bruised." I don't care. I don't. I have no bones about telling people that. And this woman <laughs> writes me. She goes. Oh my gosh! You don't need Botox. I'm like, I don't need Botox because I get Botox. You nutcake. <laughs> so you know, where does that leave you? I, 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 my, my forehead looks like this because I've been doing it since I was 40 years old, and I love it. I mean, I'm gonna keep doing it. I do a little tiny bit. It doesn't cost me that much money. I think it's three or four hundred dollars every time I do it, and it's money well spent.、Hmm. That's all I'm gonna say. Everything else. You know, let the chips fall where they may. But I'm, I, like I said, I, I really want to encourage people to do things that they want to do. But, and I might put it on the table again. I just might put it on the table again, with maybe not so much lead up time. And that's all I have to say about well, that. Well, if I can end up looking like Jane Fonda, then I would probably go. Oh my get gosh! And look at her. She looks absolutely astounding for 80 years old. And I'm sure she's had all sorts of plastic surgery, and she is unapologetic about it. And she no, actually is do whatever you want to do. Yeah, do what you need to do. It's your body. But I would say, you know, and I've I've said this before that don't expect it like that. Eating well and taking care of yourself through exercise is probably the best thing you could do for、oh, your looks、absolutely. and your body. And、absolutely. and that's not to say don't do any of those other things. People always say, well, you're just being, you know, you're you're saying don't do those other things. I'm not that at all. What I'm saying is living a life that Takes care of your body and you know eating well and exercising. Listen, is, stopping is, drinking drinking for me was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, that was worth a billion surgeries. Well, it was for me, but you didn't drink like I did. You you weren't like a crazy maniac. I went from zero to a hundred in about two hours, and was a train wreck a lot of the times. I mean, thank God in my twenties and thirties there was no such thing as the internet because you would have seen me. I'm not even going to say that. I'm not even going to say what I was about to say. I'm no, going to stop right there. Swear, but the, but no, but、that. like we were talking about things、uh, on a previous episode、yeah. about you know being caught on camera now. Yeah, because they're everywhere. Well,、um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I listen. I、uh, applaud your decision because it was your decision. And、mm-hmm. whatever that was, get the surgery done. Don't get the surgery done. It really doesn't matter. It is your body. I mean, it, there's people fighting all over this 
world for rights to do with your body as you wish to do with mm-hmm. your body, whether that is, you know, plastic surgery or whether that, is, you know, whatever, Planned Parenthood, whatever it is, it is your body. Um, you know, there's men, who, you know, assisted dying. There's all sorts of, like, it's our bodies. It's our lives. Yes. It's nobody else's, right? And that's the, that's a Wow, how did we get dark again? Like I, we were. No, I think I must be in that kind of mood. I'm in that kind of mood today. It takes a long time to get Sharpie off of your body. How long did it take you? How long did it take you? I'm going to say ten days. (laughs) Well, they want to keep the roadmap there for when they actually do it. Like, move. You know, you might have wanted to warn me. I mean, thank gosh. I, you know, obviously wasn't having sex with anybody. But can you imagine peeling your clothes off? And you're like, there's the map to my private area. There. I can't just even follow, imagine standing. Follow in, these lines. I can't even imagine oh. standing in the doctor's office naked. To be honest with you, like that, I had my underpants that, on. Can I just say I had my underpants on? Yeah, but even and they that. were attractive. They were larger <laughs> underpants that covered. They were weren't they, like. Were they like uh, what's that show? Like with the, what's that show? Warren, with, my poor guy here is just like shaking his head. No. He's like, wow, she's crazy. What's that show with the gal uh, with the. Um, you know the um <laughs> this is my age the the show where she she meets Hugh Grant and she's always wearing the big granny underpants Julia Ro- oh no uh, not Julia Roberts as um, uh, uh, um Bridget Renee, Jones yes Bridget Jones Renee, Bridget Jones Renee, uh, Zellweger Zellweger yes so you know like that that went down in history as like the first honest <laughs> movie ever <laughs> to say sometimes you know apparently you know women wear big undies you know like not always like I, I'm not Listen, there yet but I'm sure the days that one day. <laughs> of thong underwear for me are so long since gone I'm sorry I'm not putting my th- my, myself through that and I'm going to have a good bra with thick straps on it you know if I have to put on some great underwear to have somebody attracted to me then I am obviously going after the wrong human being that's all I have to say about that <laughs> and with that <laughs> another <laughs> you've been okay. listening to Jan and Arlene and this is the business of life ladies and gentlemen take <laughs> it or leave it but I would take it if I were you. And have these conversations with your friends. Talk mm. about anything. Don't be afraid to, to have friends. an opinion. Talk to your friends. The Business of Life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson. 